And the church say amen. amen. Boy, you can't start a new year, new decade, new week. Can't get any better than that other than dying and being in heaven. <laughs> but until the Lord say so on that one, we're just going to enjoy it while we're here. It is so good to see everyone on this beautiful day. Beautiful Lord's Day. As I mentioned, a new week. First day of the week. First day of a new year. First day, of, well not the first day of a new decade, but the first Sunday and a new decade. God has truly been good. He's seen us through another year. Not that we're deserving, but because of his love. And you know, we need to make sure we understand that. Not because of anything we've done to prove ourselves worthy or deserving. It's God's love. It's God's love. That grace, that mercy, that's how we made it. And we should appreciate God for allowing us to see 2020. But not only to see 2020, but to be his servants. To be more about his business in this new year than we were in the past year. And I'm hoping and praying that that will be one of our goals as far as individual members of the body of Christ, of the church of Christ, because there are a lot of lost people out there in the world. There are a lot of lost people out there in the world. And we cannot become complacent. We cannot adopt the attitude and say they need to come to us because the commission was given unto us to go to them. So be careful. Be careful. When you say, well... They know where we're located. That's not what the Lord said. The Lord said you take it to them. The Lord understands everybody's not going to accept it. But you know what? That's even more reason people will not have an excuse. It's our job to take the gospel into the world. Take it into the homes. Take it into the streets. Take it into the jobs. Take it everywhere. Into the doctor's office. And I'm not going to say into the nightclub. Because you shouldn't be up in there. But take it into the world. And, and let folks know. There's a God who loves them. But there's also an adversary. Who would love. For them to go to hell. Everlasting with him. This morning we would like to focus on a lesson. Heaven is looking for a reason to rejoice. Heaven is looking for a reason to rejoice. And you know what? I'm confident in believing there may at least be one or there may be several reasons right here in this audience that can give heaven a reason to rejoice. Let's look at some parables in the word of God. In Luke chapter 15, verse 1. The Bible said, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Talking about Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, 
What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Rejoicing because of what he found. Amen. Amen. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented. Over one sinner that repented. Over one sinner that has the courage and the willingness to acknowledge unto God today, I haven't been living right. I haven't been giving right. I haven't been attending worship right. I haven't been loving my husband right. I haven't been loving my wife right. I haven't been loving my children the way is outlined in the Bible. One sinner that repented more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. The Bible said heaven rejoices if we're honest enough, if we're willing to acknowledge to God I've been wrong. I've been wrong. And it's not that you're telling him anything he don't know. But the question is are you humble enough? Are you honest enough to acknowledge to him, Father I have sinned. I have sinned. Because you know what? Even though you may be sitting right there in your sin right now, look at God's love. He woke you up. He woke you up and allowed you to come to a place that's going to tell you the truth. From the word, not my opinions, but from the word. That even while you yet sit in your sin and you sit there and you run through your mind of all the wrong that you've been doing. Look at God's love. And he's saying, come on home. Come on home. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly and hard. And you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One sinner. One sinner that's willing to repent. Man, you can disturb heaven today. That's amazing, isn't it? You can disturb heaven by just acknowledging to God that I've been wrong. Is that all right? Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, do it not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, 
She calleth her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me. For I have found a peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. Oh, she lost that one piece of silver. And she turned that house upside down, inside out until she found it. And when she found it, she rejoiced. She called her friends, wanted everybody to know how good God is. Oh, but man, let me tell you something. That don't compare to what we can do to heaven. If just one sinner, if just one sinner repents. Isn't that something? Man, we can rock heaven. That's God's love right there. We're still in the same chapter. And he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted. And there wasted. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Not holy living. Riotous living. Crazy living. Ungodly living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine famine in that land. And he began to be and won't. Mm. Let me tell you, when you got something, you can have friends all around you. But when you're broke, Mm. nobody want to hang around a broke person. And he found himself in a situation that he had no more to spend and no more to give. He found himself in a devastated condition of want. He was in need. Verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Remember, he was in a far country. He went away from home. Don't want to hang around the house. I want to expand. I want to show you. I want to be on my own. Forget the fact that there's several bedrooms at the house and you could have been saving money. Forget the fact that your parents might not even make your charge, might not even make you pay utilities. You could be saving money while you're saying, no, I'm going to the far country. I'm going to let my hair down. I'm going to get bucked. I'm going to just get loose. I'm going to get lit. But see, the problem in the far country, you don't know anybody. A great famine, it came. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields 
to feed swine. Good looking out, isn't it? See, that's the thing about the far country. You don't know anybody and they don't care about you. To feed the swine. And this was a Jewish boy. Who have no association with pork. You see how messed up he is. Now maybe if it had been a cow. He could have thought about. Man I could kill this thing you need it. But he can't eat pork. It was against the law. Considered unclean. So how does that make him look? He's out there with the unclean. He's in a messed up situation. But you know what? He's in no worse condition. He was in no worse condition than some of us sitting here today. You may not be in the field with some hogs or some swine, but you in your sin. You in your sin. I could walk away from the swine and take a bath and clean up and folks will never know. But a bath ain't going to get rid of your sin. And God knows you're in your sin today. But I want you to know there's hope. There's good news to this story, folks. God has a fix for whatever your sin problem is today. He has a fix for it. Listen to the rest of this. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. Boy, that's a bad situation. You know how nasty hogs are. You know how filthy they are. And believe it or not, hogs will eat people. They will eat anything, anybody. That's why they smell the way they smell. And he found himself in a predicament that I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. Even what the swine were eating, it had an appeal. That's hungry, folks. That's hungry. I, I, when, when, when I look at this and think about this, you'd think the smell would kill your appetite, but he was hungry. He was hungry. But I tell you, there's good news, folks. Verse 17 said, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. That's a pride situation right there. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, father, I have sinned. Against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son because of my foolishness. Because of what I've done and how I portrayed myself and the shame I brought on your name. 
I'm not deserving to wear your name. Make me as one of your hired servants. You ever been in such a mess that you struggle to even pray? You know God will forgive, but you're, you're in such a deep mess that you say, I'm, I don't even feel deserving or worthy to even ask God to deliver me or to help me out of this mess. Let me tell you something. God rejoices. God rejoices in cleaning up messy souls. And that's why today heaven is looking for a reason to rejoice. God has brought you into 2020 so that heaven can rejoice. That you might come to your senses. That you might come to yourself and realize God has been good and you need to get on board that you might present your body a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The Bible said, the young man said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just hire me on as a servant. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had Compassion, compassion, and ran. Hold up, hold up. Who is the father in this parable? God. Heaven is looking for a reason to rejoice. And the Bible says even though he was filthy, he was dirty, he had sinned, he had messed up, he had spent all he had. The Bible said, God ran to him. God ran to him. God ran to him and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's what his father did. That's what his father did. And, and, and I love the next couple of verses. See, he had rehearsed all this stuff he was going to say. His father said, I don't need to hear all that. I don't need to hear all that. You know, it's just like the lies we tell. Oh, God, you help me out of this. You deliver me out of this. You help me pay this bill. Lord, you help me to get well out of this. I'm going to do better. I'm going to give right. I'm going to do right. And just as soon as God straighten it up for you, go right back to the pig pen. But let me tell you something. God is a loving God. Did you hear the scripture text? God's will is that no man perish. But he's long suffering. Not willing that any should perish. The Bible said, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Get this nasty, get the nasty clothes off this boy. And put it on him And put a ring on his hand And shoes on his feet Boy that joke has seen some hard times 
He had seen some hard times. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Isn't that a loving God? And you know what? God is waiting to allow the angels in heaven to rejoice. Just for you. If you only make up your mind and repent today. If you just come on and be honest. Just be honest. For this my son was dead. And is alive again. He was lost. And it's found. And they began to be married. Oh my goodness. What a wonderful thought. He didn't go talking about, see, I told you. See, I knew when I gave you that, I knew you were going to go out there and act a fool. No, folks. No. It, it, it doesn't take that. His son that was once lost. It's found. His son that was dead. Dead in his transgressions. He's alive. The same thing God allowed for us through Jesus Christ. And you had he quickened and made alive. How? Through the blood of Jesus. Well, if God has resurrected us from the dead from our sins why do you choose to go back into darkness and just sit in it when you know the wages of sin is death why not be like this young man why not humble yourself and just come on back home why not just allow Yourself to put your pride to the side and just recognize that there's no hope in your life without Christ. Second Peter chapter three. The Bible says there's a great day that's coming. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In which the heavens Shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt. With fervent heat. The earth. Also. And with the works. That are therein. Shall be burned up. That's why the Bible says love not the world. Neither the things that are. In the world. Because they're going to burn up with the earth. They're going to burn up. So don't be so in love with this world that you're willing to lose your soul over. Amen. The Bible goes on to say, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That's a good question this morning. Knowing what you know. Knowing that the word of God is true. And knowing that God can't lie. You know this destruction is coming. You know death is going to knock at your door one day. You know it is appointed unto man once to die. And after death, the judgment. 
Hebrews 9.27. You know that every one of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of the thing done in this body, whether it be good or evil. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. We know. So the question is asked, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What kind of life should you be living? Are you living it? It's the, it's the Savior, it's the scent that you're sending up to God, a sweet-smelling savor. It can't be if you refuse to repent. Because when you refuse to repent, you separate yourself from God. And you return unto that rotten, isolated, alienated condition that you were in when God first chose you. That's not a sin. That's not a savor. That's not anything God would have anything to do with. He turned away from his only begotten son as he hung on the cross because he bore our sins. And he'll turn away from you or he has turned away from you if you refuse to repent. Folks, it's no mistake that God has brought you into this new year. The question is, what are you going to say at the judgment? You can't say he didn't give you enough time because today is the day of your salvation. That's why the Hebrew writer says in Hebrew three, the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't be like your fathers of old. Don't be like those hard head, stiff neck rascals back in the Old Testament. They saw my works. But they tested me. They tried me. And they, they carried on with the rebellious spirit until God just said, you know what? I'm sick of them. They shall not enter into my rest. The Bible said God said I, he, he swore unto himself. Because you know what? There's none other high enough to swear to. He said they shall not enter. And they didn't. But he's saying to us today, we don't have to wander around in a desert today. He's simply calling unto us today. Come. Come. Come while it's yet time. Come while it's yet day. You can still get it right. And you can still do some work. But nighttime is coming. And no man will be able to work. Will you come today? What else would you require of God? God has proven his love. Because he so loved the world even in our wretched condition. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why don't you be like that young man and just humble yourself? You know what? I screwed up. I thought I knew more than what I thought. You know what? There's no argument with that. God already know you screwed up. 
But if you're not willing to acknowledge it to him, you know what? There's nothing he can do for you. Just admit. It's not the first time you're going to ever be wrong. And it won't be the last. You should be thanking God that we have an avenue of repentance that we can get things right in our lives when we mess up. Will you come today? If you're here and you haven't given your life to Christ, if you haven't been baptized for the remission of your sins, God is calling today. The invitation is extended unto you as it was on the day of Pentecost from back then even up to now. To come. To come. To come. To come. Don't sit there. Don't sit there as if you're going to outlive sin. You might, you might push it behind and forget about it, but you're going to be reminded on judgment. Jesus said, if you die in your sins where I am, you cannot come. So you mess around and play with sin if you want to and forget about it. God has some good record keepers in heaven. Just because you forget, he won't. And the Bible said, sin, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ and you haven't done what the scriptures outline for you to do, Acts chapter 2 and 38 is a perfect example of what you need to do. So when somebody asks you, how did you get saved? You could go to the Bible and prove it. You can say, I did what the New Testament Christians did. You didn't come up here to some mourner's bench. <laughs> Nobody got up and prayed a sinner's prayer. Nobody got up here hooping and hollering talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You did what the scripture authorized you to do. First Peter 3.21, the light figure. Wherein to baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. This ain't no bath. Don't throw no soap in there. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. You want a good conscience toward God? You need to be obedient to what he tells you. Mark 16, 16. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Those are the words of Jesus. For us who are members, you know, we fall off the wagon too. Heaven is waiting for a reason to rejoice. Just imagine, the word of God says, heaven, the angels in heaven rejoice. Because a person come to their senses and say, Father, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. I don't know what else I could say this morning. I'm not going to drag it out. All I know is heaven is waiting Amen. on you. Amen. So that heaven can rejoice this morning. Will you accept this invitation? It's a new day of the week. It's the first Sunday of a new decade.
Will you accept his invitation so that you can become a new creature in Christ? That's what happens when you're baptized. What's our song, Sidney? Show me the way. Come on up. Show me the way. Let us together stand and let us sing. Oh, show me the way.